Welcome to Houndsy, the Steel Me Podcast. I'm Dan Yost, and with me tonight to talk about all things hounds, we've got uh, first with us Yak. What's good, Yak? Morning, Yosty. I just finished having dinner, and I can firmly and unequivocally say that ranch is still the superior side to wings than blue cheese. I completely, I agree with you on all counts. It is, I'm a, a pro ranch person, and uh, to give us his talks on wing sides and sauces, we got Logan. Logan, are you a ranch? Is- or a uh, blue cheese guy. I, I'm solely ranch. It matches my skin color. Um, but but ranch I and blue cheese solely... look very similar. <laughs> You've never seen my skin color. Um, well, actually, you have. I take my shirt off a lot, I guess. So I guess yep. that point doesn't stand. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I will fall uh, solely on the ranch side on this one. All right. So it's an all ranch as your uh, wing, wing dipper uh, podcast tonight. Good uh Good to know we have that going for us tonight. We can find out what Vesti thinks and uh, what Sturino thinks next time. If they're listening, they can have that ready for the uh, their next episode. Uh, so, Logan, besides uh, wing sauces, what's good with you? Not much. Uh, waiting for the season to start. Excited. We're finally ramping up. The Steel Army board has some cool stuff going on. Uh, really excited to to get the season up and running here. Hopefully this nasty weather uh, clears up just like a tad bit uh, for March 19th, but I uh, got the, the AGM planned all hounds Eve. Um, it's going to be a, a fun couple weeks here coming up. So a lot to look forward to. Yeah. So we are 17 days away from Memphis, which will be the season opener. And then maybe more exciting than that. We are what do my math here? 20, 24 days away from, from the home opener. Against Hartford. How do you guys feel about how do you guys feel about Mark Cohn's "Walking in Memphis" song? That's a pretty big banger. Oh, that's a solid song. Um, oh yeah, I, I don't think Memphis Nine Hundred One uses that, but that's like a huge that 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 is a big miss right there, man, because that song slaps incredibly hard. Yeah, they should really lean into that uh, for sure. And the fact they have they they don't even go with the music thing too much. Well, maybe because Nashville was doing that before they did, but they haven't leaned too much into the music. Side, they smash guitars. Guitar yeah, I was gonna say they smash guitars, don't they? Do, wait, do they do it? Because isn't that what Nashville does too? Are they both doing that? Unless if I'm misremembering. No, I, I you're right. Memphis, Memphis does there. do that. Maybe they Nashville did that. In, I think Nashville did. Maybe they did that back in the day. I don't know. I think they're like pressing records or something like that now. Now they got that. Nashville's sweet MLS too corporate money. to be smashing guitars. Yeah. Well, then it's easy to pick up uh, broken guitar on the. Uh, on the the warning track of a baseball field. Yeah, exactly. It's dirt. It's not actual grass like soccer fields are supposed to be made out of. Correct. Even though we play on plastic. But besides that, uh, we have a lot of, of hound stuff for, for as hounds light as last week was. We are we are packed with hounds news this week. Leading off and most importantly, the hounds did have a preseason game uh, just the other day against Indy Eleven. It was a if if you're worried too much about the score line, it was a two nothing win for the good guys. Uh, Cicerone and, and Dixon had the goals, I believe. And uh, we'll start with you, Logan. What's your takeaways from the game? Uh, the takeaways, as you know, was played at what two o'clock, one o'clock on a Tuesday. Uh, obviously, didn't get to see it, uh, but just reading the the all I got from it was the Twitter recap from the Hounds. Uh, kind of their play-by-play every few minutes. I think it was, Ke- was Kelly and Cicerone on the goals, and I can't remember. they One of them chipped the goalkeeper based on the tweets. 
Um, and just from the that very the small, Ke- I think it was, was the, that Dan the Dan Kelly. Kelly goal. I wrote Dixon down, um, but it's Dan Kelly. That's right. Uh, from their recap, it seemed incredibly positive and it seemed like they handled Indy uh, incredibly solid. And I mean, four trialists, I think were in the starting 11 <laughs> plus that they, you know, they had the three guys under contract um, that they just signed in, in the last week or two uh, as well. So uh, it's starting to come together. Um, it's always nice when uh, I've always been a big proponent of Bob doesn't schedule hard enough preseason teams. And we seem to, to, you know, really, see that in the first couple weeks of the regular season as far as pace of play. Uh, but it's nice that we're, we're playing, um, you know, the same competition we're going to see all summer long. And uh, as for now, uh, I think we were up to the challenge. So good, good times over here. Hold, hold your thoughts on the, <laughs> does Bob schedule how, what kind of competition he scheduled in the preseason? Cause I have thoughts on that. Uh, we can get to after you talk about this game. Uh, Yak, anything that, uh, you could glean from yesterday's results. No one got hurt. That's a good thing, right? Well, on that point, it sounded like Dane Kelly got dinged up again. He was the guy who got dinged up against Loudon, right, with that red card tackle? Yes, the red card. Yes. Is, but I think, I mean, get, not that bad. He got he bruised played. up again. He got to play. He still played. He, he scored a goal later. But aside from that, no one's getting injured. I'm trying to temper expectations because it's just preseason. But Third straight game, we have multiple goals. Second straight game with a clean sheet. Indy's playing a more experienced side than us because they only started one trialist. And I don't know, they didn't keep track of who subbed in when, so I don't know how long that lineup stayed intact. But we were fairly consistently sticking with four trialists, plus Ordonez, who has not yet played a professional game, who's freshly signed. I'm pretty thrilled with this result so far. Yeah, a lot of good good things to take away from that. Like I said, we started with four trialists. We ended with only one, and that, that trialist was the, the goalkeeper. And we found out after the game, his name in the in the in the Hounds postgame recap, they, they listed him by name, Chase Vosvik out of Loyola. And should we take that as a sign that he's probably gonna get signed since they've they've quietly started listing him by name? Yes. Oh no, it's Bob. It's Bob, right? So like Bob could use them all preseason and then cut them like the day before the season. You know. So you're not, you're not taking be... any uh any insight that they they, they name drop the guy? Uh, uh I don't know. It's just so hard to tell, but given our uh our current roster and our current lack of goalies, I would say if I was a betting man, uh I, I would say that he's gonna make the squad. Yeah, so Chase played it sounds like he played the entire game. His biggest contribution was uh, conceding a penalty and then saving said penalty. So good on him uh, for cleaning up his own mistake. But uh, it sounds like this was also the first preseason game action he has seen. So uh, maybe he was injured before. Maybe he just wasn't getting the look for the minutes. But he played possibly the entire game, um, at least a, a vast majority of it, as we're two weeks out. So I think that has to be a good sign that you know we'll begin the uh the emoji teaser for him coming up shortly yeah i don't even what's loyola's mascot are they, are they like the bobcats and like that um, they're the greyhound the greyhound is that what they are all right so when we see the dog emoji here come across here and the maryland state flag or crap or something we'll uh we'll we'll, we'll, we can say we are the first ones on it keeper keeper gloves crab 
It's hard to say we deciphered emojis when we already have a name. We're not just <laughs> we're just not plucking it out of thin air like the other guy from Marshall earlier in the week. And that well, yeah, good on you. That was your uh, that was your deductive work to figure that one out. Yeah, years of playing too many games of uh, NCAA football 2005, remembering what every team's mascot is, came in handy <laughs> once in my life. I like it. But we will we will That's talk one about... more time than you thought it was ever going to come handy. So. We will get to the new signings here uh, shortly, but let's finish up with the game. It sounds like they were up to nothing. Everything was well. Final twenty minutes, they bring in Danny Williams and Jesse, or yeah, Danny uh, and Jesse, and they see out there. The Danny Griffin, excuse me, why I wrote down Danny Williams? Danny Griffin and Jesse Williams. They see out the game pretty comfortably, and by all counts, outside of one or two looks and the PK, Indy didn't have. Uh, a really good look at net in the, the second half of the of the contest. So if we got a team that's they're finishing out the contest well, they're not letting teams come back into it because let's be honest, that was something that was an issue last year, especially against the Miami. Um, so if they could start seeing out these contests comfortably, I think that's a really great sign for for things to come. With that said. Uh, the Hounds, after being very quiet on the new signings front, got busy in the past seven days. And they have signed three new players, uh, not including the, the Chase Vosvik previously mentioned, though we can, we're assuming he's going to be signed. But the three players signed, we're looking at uh, two defenders and a goalkeeper. And let, we'll just go through them in the order that they were announced. Last Thursday, Arturo Ordonez. We talked about him last week on the show because we found out because Bob was screaming out uh, Arturo's name. We were able to deduce who it was. He was announced on Thursday, the 6-2 center back from Pitt. He was drafted by Houston uh, in this previous draft. Um, I assume, you know, did not sign with Houston, and now he is signed back in Pittsburgh with Bob. Talked about him a little bit last week, but any thoughts on Arturo Ordunez, center back? Yak, I'll defer to you on this one. This is... Continuing a trend that we started last week, which is these late draft MLS super draft picks who aren't quite panning out or not making it to the team in the, uh, in the preseason. Um, that's kind of where our, our, our hotspot is, I guess, of late. The other one to note is that he is from Pitt, and as Pitt's soccer team continues to improve, is definitely becoming a bit of a a pipeline to the team as there's been multiple signings from Pitt specifically over the last couple of years. And I think there's a bit of a connection that's been extremely favorable that was it John Krasinski who highlighted it this week. Yes. I was just about to mention it was a couple of days ago. John Krasinski on Pittsburgh soccer now did a, a pretty lengthy article about the, the hounds or the, the, the Panther to hounds connection, shall we say of, of, now that Pitt has really brought their program forward in a big way, there is now a, a good stream of, of guys coming from the Panthers to the Hounds. Uh, this year alone, this you know, Ordonez now makes, I believe, the third Panther to be on the roster behind uh, Drambot and Shane Wheat. They both took stops at Loudon before they came here, but that's now three Panthers on the, on the Hounds roster. 
But yeah, is, is Richie Costanzo still an assistant uh, with the Panthers? He is. He and that's part yes. of the uh, that's part of, the, of John's story. Is former Hound and uh, Steel Army Player of the Year Richie Costanza is on uh, is on the pit staff. Going, I mean, going back a couple of years, that, that's that's been a few years in the making, and I didn't read John's article. Maybe mentioned this, but I think Dan Lind was a pit guy. Dan um, Lind was a pit guy. Correct. I think he was one of, one of Vidovich's first, and I want to feel there's like one more that was hanging around there somewhere. Um, but yeah, uh, Shane and uh, I forgot Robbie Danbrot was a pit guy. Um, but yeah, the the pipeline is strong, and like the Yak said, they uh, they certainly are, are one of the top teams in the country right now. So uh, very nice to have them. Uh, and it seems like the programs get along well. It seems like Bob and Jay Vidovich get along pretty well with the friendlies and whatnot. So uh, that's a good kind of connection to have for both sides. Yeah, yeah. If long may that continue, because if you're getting a, a nice stream of players coming out of Oakland right down the hill to Highmark Stadium, all the better for us. Uh, that being said, we also we also don't want to be the the team that just picks off pick guys, right? Like we don't want seven pick guys. Like we just want our one or one or two, right? And we want to be like, ah, he's he's one of our own. But like we don't want to we don't want to you know drink from that fountain too much to where we have eight pick guys, right? And then you know like that's our our shtick, you know. Yeah, you know, well, not if you're, you're just, I, I don't want that. Not if you're just signing that. pit guys for the sake of signing pit guys. But is that program better? Eight, 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 if yeah, if they're the best guys at the position, if they're the best signing, that's not what it happens. But if, yeah, if we're signing pit guys to sign pit guys, then it's a problem. But no, I mean, let let the the relationship foster as it is right now. Yeah, and back to the other thing with Ordonia is, Yak, you mentioned how he may have fallen out with Houston, didn't get signed by him. Are we dismiss, dismissing the fact that, that he chose not to go to what would probably be Houston 2 and decided he was going to take his talents to, to a USL side instead of uh, Houston 2? I was thinking that. So Arturo Donez is from Spain. He's So his first time in America might have just been to attend pit. Doesn't know what's going on at Houston. Uh, when he's cut from the Dynamo, he could – I don't know if they have a second team, but they could go to – San Antonio or Austin or Rio Grande Valley, but he would still be kind of his own person just trying to make a cut. He has no idea if he's going to make the team, but he comes to, but he go he comes back to the Riverhounds because he probably knows the city of Pittsburgh can figure out a place to stay just to be a trialist, you know, right. It's not really a pain for him. It's a bit of a, a luxury. He's kind of more of in his groove and his mindset just to come back to, Pittsburgh and trial for the Riverhounds is kind of an advantage there. So it makes him being a pit person specifically such a big get for the Hounds because that's an opportunity that they might not have gotten. He could have just gone to Rio Grande Valley or San Antonio trial there instead. Well, Houston, Houston is starting a two team for, for the new league this, this year. So that was probably, I mean, to me, that's, it seems like that's where they would easily want to slot him for a year or two and then make a decision about it. If he's staying with them or, or moving on, uh, it, yeah, it'd be, I it, if I could ask him one question, then. that'd be my question asked. Were you offered a contract by Houston, and did you forego that to 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 skip playing in what's basically going to be the reserve league? So after Ordonez, the next day we had our next signing, and this was uh, this was the aforementioned emoji decipher work that he acted for Nathan Dos Santos. He is another defender out of Marshall. He played all the minutes in Marshall's uh, NCAA Division One Championship uh, tournament run, and he uh, he was also drafted. He was drafted by Orlando. 
Again, don't know what the story is if, if he just chose to forego Orlando and come out to the to the to Pittsburgh and hang out with Bob. Again, Marshall's just kind of right down the right down the road in West Virginia. So maybe it was a regional thing as well. But before he played at Marshall, he was a Duke Kang guy. So yeah, your thoughts on a, a quasi Duke Kang guy on the roster. I'll take it when I can get it at this point. Not enough Duquesne guys are making their ranks in the professional team. But staying local, again, keeping near with the, the cities that he went to school with nearby, I think, it's, I think it's a bit of a comfort thing to be able to try out for the Hounds. And again, he's a pretty credentialed guy. He's He won a title with Marshall on the Miracle Team. He was a defensive player of the year for his conference as a senior. You know, I think he I think he's got it. I don't know if he's that big. I think he's a little bit shorter than Ordonez, but he's he's got the resume. I'm kind of pumped for this signing. Yeah, he was listed, I believe, at at five eleven. I think is what he was he was put down as. And again, Bob was talking about positional flexibility with him, so maybe he's not just not just a center back, or he, he could play anywhere along the back line, or at least one of the one of the you know either left back or right back, depending on on maybe a dominant foot. But if it's a guy that brings positional flexibility into this roster, as, as what I'm imagining to be a depth guy, that becomes a an opportunity for him to get more minutes if he's able to adequately play multiple positions. Uh, Logan, any thoughts on on Nathan Dos Santos? Dos Santos, one word. I think it, it's a good signing from the standpoint of it. It adds to our plethora of center backs, and I think. In 2018, Bob set up a roster where he had that that kind of reserve of center backs where he was able to kind of shift in. And, you know, he had Adewale would play a little bit. Hugh Roberts would play a little bit. Ray Lee would play a little bit. Todd Praxter was in there. Uh, Andrew Lubon, I think, was around. But he could kind of uh, pick and play. But I feel like he, he's been, hasn't really had that these past three years um, where his back line's been his back line. And anytime he had to sub somebody in there, they were a liability. So I think getting back to that any given day, you know, you have a defender that you trust that can go in there and play that, you know, any of those positions, as you mentioned, if you, if you have the versatility to play any of those five positions in the back, um, I think it's, it's a benefit to the house. So then after Dos Santos this week on Monday, we finally, the, the, the law and arduous wait, people can, can calm down, can stop tweeting, can stop twiddling their thumbs. The Hounds signed a keeper. This was Kevin Silva. He is out of UCLA for college. He spent the last couple years in the Toronto ecosystem between Toronto and Toronto 2. Since 2018, he's had 12 professional starts, all for TFC 2. And he was essentially TFC's MLS uh, third keeper last year. We'll start with you, uh, Logan. Any thoughts on, on Kevin Silva? A strong resume going into college? Uh hasn't had a ton of playing experience in the professional ranks since he, in the last, you know, three and a half, four years. But again, we was in Toronto and Toronto two did not play during the, the COVID year. So that could have cost him a couple of appearances, but any thoughts on, on Kevin Silva? I think, you know, I, I love these, you know, these young guys that come into the system and we always joke that, you know, anybody could, could, you know, really succeed in Bob's system from a goalkeeper standpoint. So I'm excited to see him. I don't know. And we talked about this on the Discord last week. Is is this the guy, right? And then we're going to sign backups, or is he going to be a? We're going to run a two goalie system all year, you know. 
So until we see that, that second guy or, or even that third guy and kind of see where he stacks up. Um, but you know, I had, I had no qualms with the signing, um, excited to, to see him grow, excited to, to see him get some more professional minutes. Um, and, and like I said, I think anybody can really succeed in Bob's system. So, uh, you know, best of luck to him and I'm excited to watch him this year. Yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts on, on, on a Kevin silver is 12 appearances too few over the last few years. Is it, he's just the right mentality, the right body type, the right disposition to play, to play keeper for Bob. Yeah. Respectfully. I'm not thrilled by the signing. Um, because we're going off of basically no video for these guys. We've never seen this person play. I kind of just got to see what they've been doing over the last year or two or three. And he doesn't have a ton of appearances with Toronto, either the first team or the second team. They were, they were dealt a harsh hand because of COVID Toronto gets sting harder than most American teams, but I, I don't know what he's up to. I don't, I don't know how good this guy is going to pan out. And I'm, I'm hoping it's more of a uh, kind of a, a safety or backup signing maybe, or maybe this guy is, is great and, and comes out with uh, guns a blazing to begin the year. So the, the, in terms of, of seeing minutes, the opposite of that will be, and we've all three of us have kind of agreed that we assume that he's going to be announced as assigned with the team. Uh, the, the trialist that played yesterday against Indy chase Vosvik. He is going to be a rookie out of Loyola. He's played 73 games in college over basically five seasons with the, the goofy COVID year. And he was the four time Patriot league keeper of the year. Uh, he was, that was his, his net for Loyola for the, the length of his, of his year. He had his, this past year was as a graduate student. Uh, so he's had nothing but playing time these past four or five years. And now it looks like he's going to become a hound. Any thoughts on, on Vosvik, assuming he's going to be signed uh, Yak? This might be one of those cases of, I hope he's a big fish in a little pond. He's the conference's all-time leader in clean sheets. He was the goalie of the year for four out of the five seasons that he played. Um, I, I don't know how good the Patriot League soccer conference is. It's probably just a one-bid league. But in their most recent season, Loyola made the NCAA tournament, and Vosvik pitched a clean sheet against the two ranked opponents they played through the year when they played at North Carolina in the NCAA tournament and then at West Virginia, who was a top-five team at the time. Um, so at least anecdotally, I'm – I like the guy. Yeah, so a lot of playing experience, a lot of recent playing experience. Logan, assuming he's signed on this team, do you think that the Hounds have their opening day keeper on the roster right now? Have we eliminated all possible Rhinos coming back? Um, Brandon Miller retired. That was my guess kind of a couple months ago of who was going to be the head guy. Um, but no, I, I think at this point, yeah, I think if both are signed, uh, that one of them is, is your starter. Uh, and I would love to see, uh, you know, two very high caliber goalkeepers, you know, kind of, you know, trading off, uh, you know, trading off games starting um, and, and see kind of that, a battle for that number one spot. I, I would love to watch that. So that is the the collection of players signed in the past week, again, including Vosvik, who we are we're 
feeling confident will be signed. So the roster as it stands now, and because we're going to go just straight off of, of who has their name on the dotted line, it is 17 players, one keeper, Silver, who we just mentioned, eight defenders, Robbie Dambrot, Jelani Peters, Danny Rivera, Shane Wheat, Jesse Williams, Mikel Williams, Arturo Ordonez, and Nathan Dos Santos, those last two guys just announced in the past week. Three players that they are listing as midfielders, but again, they could get a little fluid in that scenario. Canardo Forbes, Danny Griffin, and Angelo Kelly Rosales. And then your five forwards, Russell Cicerone, Albert Dequa, Alex Dixon, William Yang, and Dan Kelly. And that's not including Wyatt Borso, who we're kind of assuming will be still on his academy contract and on the Hounds roster when they travel down to Memphis in a couple weeks. Logan, out of these 17 players plus two that we're assuming will be on the roster, what are your what are your your top line takes on this roster today? All right, this is the first year in my five years of Hounds fandom that I have been uh, significantly enthralled with the roster. Um, it's I think I've always you know just in the passion of you know being a Riverhounds fan, no matter who they put out there, it's like oh we have the best team, but this is one of the first years where I'm like, I think we actually really do have the, the most quality talent. And that started with that Dane Kelly signing, right? Cause Bob was never the, the, the spend the money on the big splash signing. Right. So um, changing things up a little bit this year, uh, just so many young guys on defense in the back is a little concerning. Um, you know, hopefully we, we could, you know, maybe, you know, make some, uh, some veteran signings to get a little bit, you know, more, uh, more appearances into that, uh, into that roster. But uh, up top, at least, uh, it's it's looking pretty dangerous. Uh, Yak, uh, when you look at this roster, is there one one position, one area of the field that you you want to see a little more strength coming into, or are you you feeling pretty good that if uh, if we fast forward to to Memphis right now, they could roll roll out a uh, an eleven and a bench that could that could do the job? I think there is. I think the starting lineup will pan out in a way where the players that we have now can roll a bunch of teams. You only mentioned three midfielders. Now those are exceptionally good players. Griffin Forbes and Kelly Rosales are probably going to be phenomenal midfielders for the house, but that's all we've got listed because I think we're so loaded in the four position. I'm kind of in the back of my mind, assuming one of those five forwards or one of the, or wide Borso, one of those players, I don't know technically who would be the best fit is probably going to try to play a lot of minutes at midfield somewhere a little bit behind the rest of the forwards, just because there's so many good forwards as well. And there's just not enough minutes to divvy out between the five that we have signed. Um, probably a similar thing for the defenders, either somebody like Nathan Dos-, Dos Santos would play a little bit ahead, or they'll probably play five defenders and hope the two wingbacks kick ass um, as they've had the last couple of years. It's gotta be some combination of, of one of those two things. Um, but assuming that at least one or two of the players are not quite, they're playing, but not in the position we think they are. They're not so hard listed as forward or they're not so hard listed as defenders. Yeah. The 11 that we could probably start on Memphis is probably going to be extremely fun. No, I think we are looking at a really exciting, exciting, exciting fun. I think is a, is a great way to put it. I keep looking at, at Dixon. I keep, to me, the way he played last year, I could see him dropping a little further back <coughs> and becoming more of an attacking midfielder than a straight straight out and out forward. 
Am I off base thinking Dixon could could be that guy to become almost a fourth midfielder? But the, the depending on how he plays with with Canardo, be the the highest pressing midfielder. Am I am I, I doing all- this wrong? No, I, I'm right on on there with you. I've always considered him in my mind, honestly, a midfielder, uh, just a high pressing midfielder. I've never looked at him as a let's put balls in the back of that forward. He is the the field commander of that offense. When he gets the ball, uh, you better be ready. And there was a lot of chances last year that he, you know he came you know pressing up the middle of the field, you know, or he, you know he went down a wing. And nine out of ten times, you, you could turn to the person next to you and say, you know, watch what's about to happen because it's probably going to go in the back of the net. Um, so I think he's he's definitely a guy who makes plays, and I've always considered him more more of that high pressing midfielder than a forward. Yeah, you in the same mindset as as Logan and I, or or you think we're, we're idiots? I hate to be uh, just three dudes in a pod agreeing with each other, but out of the five, it would make the most sense. At least I don't know what Iyang does. It's not like I've I don't know what William Iyang is capable of, but Cicerone, Dequa, and Kelly they they, they don't seem like the midfielder types to me. I don't think that's their natural position. I think it, it's a much more natural fit for Dixon. It probably makes the most sense out of those five players. The Hounds preseason is going to continue this week. Lean off on Saturday against Louisville at Highmark Stadium, 2 p.m. This was, I would imagine, the, the, the premier... If you can have a premier preseason match, I'm going to say of the slate of games, this is the, the the one everyone would look at as the best challenge. You you have the kind of the same thought. It's later in the preseason, and it's it's Louisville. Is this the the measuring stick measuring stick preseason game for the Hounds? Mm, I'm going to say, in theory, yes. Uh, knowing Bob, no. Bob's I think Bob's personally going to start trialist. I don't think Bob likes to get it in his guy's mindset. You know, I don't think he likes to he's not going to put out his best 11 and get beat. And then, you know, you're starting your season, you know, knowing you're not the best. So I think Bob is purposely going to treat it like, like how it should be treated a preseason game. Um, Leeville, obviously, uh, you know, incredibly tough roster. It would be great competition for the guys. But uh, I mean, as far as marquee, you know, as you say, marquee preseason matchups, yeah, it'll be a good matchup to watch. But um, if it's a negative result, uh, I certainly wouldn't uh, burn it all down. Um, you know, I, I would definitely take the result with a grain of salt, no matter how way, no, no matter what way it, it uh, falls on the scoreline. Yeah, I, I'm hoping I can get down there for this one. It's the one I, uh, again, I think is going to be the most interesting of the preseason contest. This 2 p.m. kickoff is a little rough. I wish it was a, earlier in the day I could go check them out and then get on with, uh, get on with the rest of my day. Two o'clock is kind of a stuck in the middle, and I got some friends coming to the town, so I'm off to see if I can swing it. But uh, I hope to get down there and, and make it work for me, Logan. I think I've... the weird timing is to is for the hotel room situation, so that Louisville doesn't have to stay the night. You know, they can still make it up here in plenty of time if they start in the morning and then make it home. Uh, yeah. Do you think that's why the times always kind of vary for preseason games? I never gave that much of a thought, but that's that's not a terrible idea. If they can hopefully do it out and back in one day, uh, get up in, in the morning, drive in. Louisville's not bad, right? It's like it's like four and a half hours. It's not that bad. Right? Something I want to make closer to five, but somewhere in that ballpark. It's doable if if you really put your mind to it. And then after Louisville on Saturday, it's going to be the rescheduled Pitt game at Pitt in Oakland. That's on Tuesday. They don't have a a start time announced. Uh, again, as we talked about this this Hounds and and Panthers connection coming in there is going to be three former. Panthers playing for for the Hounds this year, playing against their old teammates. Uh, 
uh, it should be a fun one at the least. And it's going to be at least getting out of the, the backdrop of Highmark Stadium for one preseason game. Assuming it's like maybe they're generous and they give us a, a Tuesday evening kickoff. Could you make it down the pit on Tuesday? Let's say let's say it's a six o'clock. I could make I could move some things around. I I, I could move some things around if if uh, if they're generous. Uh, odds that they're generous, I'm going to say very slim. Uh, yeah, but, I'm assuming it's uh, going to be a you know ten thirty in the morning or something like that. Yeah, it's not something crazy, but not six. I'll say six or later. Um, I'll give myself about a ninety to ninety-five percent chance of being there. All right, so we can be, we can be, if anyone's listening and they still haven't scheduled us yet, give us give us the the evening game and we can go. We can all go to Oakland, and then visit some establishments in Oakland yeah. after the game or before the game or both. Or during the game. I mean, hey, or during worlds are worlds are oyster. Okay, you know. Unless they went from Pitts hearing this, then we, we, we were definitely not bring stuff into the stadium. We would never, <laughs> never, ever do that. For sure. So, uh, a lot of lot of Steel Army news this week. Uh, big news coming out yesterday. Our 2022 memberships are now available. Uh, the scarves are, are have been approved. They're being made, and they're going to be getting shipped out here soon. Uh, it's been a really good response so far of the online uh orders in the past day day and a half however it's been logan you've seen the scarf what uh what's your thoughts on on the 2022 design i love it uh you know for those of you who don't know you know vesti does a lot of our 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 graphics but this year we handed it off to to shoes and he did a an excellent job um it's very high uh, expectations, right, with, with how good Vesti is, but uh, Shoes took it, did an excellent job with it. I think the, the scarf came out great. Um, excited to, you know, see it in person and uh, see what it looks like, but, uh, you know, we, we're we one of the supporters, looking around the league, we're one of the supporters groups that always does it right. Always has a, has a pretty kick-ass scarf, so this year is no different. Yeah, if you haven't seen the design yet, it's definitely been taken in a different direction this year. It's It's not as fierce. It's much more relaxed and fun. It is a a 90s Nickelodeon motif has the, the splat on one side with steel armor on it. And then the, uh, I don't even know how you would describe the, as soon as you saw it, you go, Oh, that's Nickelodeon. That design on, on the reverse side, uh, in a Nickelodeon esque font. So I'm excited for it. It's definitely something fun and different. And I look forward to getting my hands on one of the scarves at the AGM. And we could just, we'll get to that right now. It looked for a long time like the AGM was going to be this Saturday during that Louisville game. That is not happening. It is now going to be on March 18th, which is the night before the home opener, 7 p.m. at Bulldog Pub. And our plan for this year, we've kind of been kicking this idea around for a while. We're going to combine the annual general meeting with All Hounds Eve, which is going to be our kind of kickoff party uh, the night before. We're not saying that you know the AGM and, the, and All Hounds Eve are going to be the same night every year but we're gonna combine it this year and see what we could do with it uh logan thoughts on on combining a meeting with with a party great idea um you know it gives maybe people that weren't going to come to all hounds eve wanted to come to the agm um you know everybody's gonna gonna pack in uh after you know what what we've been through these past couple years um i think it will be a good celebration um I, I know myself, I'm always, you know, chomping at the bit the day before big games to, 
to you know hit the parking lot and crack open a beer so it will be a good uh kind of primer um for for the next day and uh i think we're going to switch up the, the agm a little bit instead of the powerpoint more the uh the per, you know the professor lecture we give people it's going to be more of a, an open discourse kind of thing um and more about the uh the friendship and things like that and conversation rather than than us uh going over stuff so i think it's going to be a a well well recepted change and uh, i'm really looking forward to it yeah i'm i'm excited i've not been able to make the agm for the past couple of years it always falls on a, on a bad date for me but this year i'll be able to make it and i'll be able to have a couple of beverages pick up the scarf the secondary item i'm excited because this was this was my idea i've been pushing this for a couple of years and we decided to go for it this year the secondary item is is the classic uh cheap cheap plastic sunglasses that everyone could use especially early in the season when that sun just comes up over the uh, the other side of the stadium and blinds you right in the eyes so we're gonna have uh, some steel army branded sunglasses which i think everyone will be able to take advantage of especially early in the year and I, I'm looking forward to seeing the crowd pictures with, you know, 75 identical pairs of sunglasses <laughs> being worn. It's going to be a good, it's going to be a good look for the photos. I agree. No, I agree. Logan put up a good point uh, about the, maybe the less professional uh, advantage about it. We don't have to be, it's, this isn't just for us. Cause it's not at Highmark stadium where, okay, it's just going to be hounds people there. There could be, Morningside, Lawrenceville, Sharpsburg locals there. We kind of, and we're just kind of kicking it back at the bar. Uh, hopefully, it's more of a just a good time vibes there. Uh, on a personal note, that is the day that I'm celebrating my birthday with a neighbor who lives next to Bulldogs, and I was going to already go there anyway. So, so we're going to get the best possible version of Yak, is what I'm. Oh hearing. no! Yeah! 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 Yeah, yeah. I hope, I hope I can make it to one piece the next day for the tailgate. Okay, everyone who's listening, it it will be Yak's birthday the night before the home opener, and you know what you got to do about that. But that will not be the the first Bulldog Pub event of the year because the week before we're going to have a watch party for the season opener against Memphis. That's going to be on March twelfth. Uh, it's going to be good. Could be a bit of a of a show because I believe that was also the day that uh, St. Patrick's Day gets observed, so that could be a little interesting. But hey, we'll see what happens. Uh, everyone good for for back to back weeks at the Bulldog Pub? Yeah, deal. We've always battled that St. Patrick's Day being being the the first week of the season, right? And we battled that in. Uh... I think 2020 ended up getting canceled. 2019, uh, we took who the hell did we played Tampa Bay, I think, yep. um, and we took it to full pint. And you y'all showed out, man. We, we packed that place like 80 strong. It was it was pretty impressive, um, especially for being the day of the parade. So uh, I expect the same on, on March 12th, and it, it's going to be a good time. Yeah, it's I'm going to miss that place on the south side, but I'm I really like Bulldog. I think I'm I'm glad we picked there too to be our new place. Yeah, R.I.P. Smoking Joe's. That, that place fucked. No, it could, it could be bad. I mean, I, I I'm not sure if it's if it's gone for good. I I will be there back upstairs actually at Smoking Joe's on Saturday, uh, in a suit of all things. So uh, I'll be I'll may I'll try to sneak a couple sneakers uh, a couple stickers in there and uh, give the place a little more charm. So Smoking Joe's certainly certainly not gone, and and I'm not opposed to 
having another event there if, uh, if the stars align once again. Oh, what else? Uh, the member representative nominations are now open. This was, if you were a member last year, you would have got this in in Shoes' dispatch that went out the other day. Uh, can't really speak too much about uh, about who who's, if anyone's been nominated or not. I just, it sounds like the response has been good so far. So if you are interested and you were a member last year or you know someone else who was a member last year and is interested, you can find that, that registration form either on the Speakeasy uh, and your the password for the speakeasy is going to be on that dispatch email you got the other day, or on any dispatch email you got in the past year, and I th or I think you can go straight through through that email and get the link to the nomination form as well. I'm excited to see a lot of, of people looking to step up and and have a bigger role in in the Stew Army. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, Logan, your thoughts on anything like that with with kind of a reshuffling of the board coming up this year. I'm incredibly excited. And if you're listening to this and uh, you know, you're like, Oh, I'm not sure if I can do it or whatnot. Uh, please throw your name in. Um, you know, we, we'd love to have you run love to have you on the board and uh, any new faces, any new ideas is so welcome. So uh, just, we only go up from here. So I, I'm just ecstatic to, to get some new people on the board. Um, you know, no matter who it really, you know, no matter who it is. So, uh, you know, please come out, please vote, uh, you know, please, you know, you know, nominate yourself. I think you can nominate yourself for a member rep. You, abso not you absolutely can. Yeah. Um, so you don't even need somebody to, to, uh, nominate you. So if you, you're, you know, you're on the fence, ah, I want to run, you know, I don't want to run, uh, throw your name in. Why not? Um, and come on out to the, to the AGM and, and we'll get some new people on the board and we'll have a hell of a year. Yeah. No one even has to know that you nominated yourself. So you, yeah. you don't have to be embarrassed about that. Well, if you don't want to be on the board, there's plenty of other opportunities uh, I know last night the, our tailgating committee had a had a Zoom meeting. TIFO is going to be starting up here soon, very soon. So between that and the game day and community outreach, there's going to be all these other boards that uh, you can get on, these committees, excuse me, you can get on to get more involved issue if you want to be more involved. So just don't don't be shy, ask. And as soon as you, you as soon as you make it known that you want to be more involved, you will be more involved than you ever thought you would want to be as, as was most volunteer organizations. Uh, once again, the big road trip coming up so far is Detroit. Uh, the sign up sheet for that has exploded in the past week. I know we're, we're over 20 people who have signed on for their intent to go up to, to do Detroit. If you are interested in doing that, we're going to put the, the sign up sheet for that uh, in the show notes for this, for this episode. We want to see as many people make it out to Detroit as we can. We're going to try to take over a bar near the stadium, have a couple a couple beverages, walk in, make our presence known, walk out there with three points and, and some bad feelings towards Detroit people, and have a have a damn good time. That's, that's my hope, and I hope uh, you want to be a part of that as well. So take a look for that. I'm excited. Again, the past week it's gone from the sign-up being a couple people to over 20. I haven't checked in the last couple days, but I don't, I don't think – there's not a reason why we can't go 50 plus strong up there and really just just welcome Detroit to the league properly. I agree. Uh, with that said, we're, we're basically through a through a nice tidy episode <laughs> hitting 45 minutes as it is. Uh, so we can start wrapping this thing up. What uh, what? Did we learn tonight? What did we learn in this episode? Yak, what uh, what are you taking away from, from the past 45 minutes of your life? 
I just learned that this is a recurring segment, and I have to think of something that I learned before the end of the show. All right, so you'll uh, you'll be on that for the next time then. Until I forget again, but yes, okay, presumably that, that's a you problem. Logan, what'd you learn tonight? Uh, not much. Um, pretty dumb. Uh, just excitement for the season, right? It's going to be, this podcast is going to shift a little bit when we actually have, you know, action to talk about that is like recorded on a camera, um, and is actually like, you know, documented somewhere, um, here in a couple of weeks. So, uh, just excited for that. So, uh, you know, very, very pumped to, uh, to, to get this thing started. Agreed. I'm, I'm more excited a couple weeks ago, I was just kind of going through the motions and then sometime in the past seven days, it, it started to click that, Hey, we're close. We're, we're within a couple weeks and it's, it's getting real. And I, yeah, I probably in the next week or so I'm going to be getting, getting a little too antsy for this all to start. So with that said, we can, uh, we can take this bad boy home. Uh, we'd like to thank the beautiful game network for providing the online hosting for Houndsy. Check out the wealth of soccer content being produced weekly at BGN.FN. The Houndsy theme music was composed and performed by Rockman and the Space Babies. Check them out at facebook.com slash spacebabiespgh. The show is produced by Joe Majorak. Email the show at steelarmypgh at gmail.com and put podcasts in the subject line. All complaints about the show can be sent to nick.noble at mail.wvu.edu. Thank you and listening on behalf of Logan and, and, uh, and Yak. We will be back again soon. Thank you.